The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple things to talk to you about. First being the quantedge.com, great fantasy sports website, especially for daily fantasy sports. I'm over there writing the batter breakdown for MLB DFS five to seven times a week. They have great, great content uh, from other great writers, plus the tools are amazing. The tools, to me, are the reason to subscribe to the Quantage.com, plus the members' Discord. It's awesome. They have lineup optimizers, injury tools, um, umpire tools, weather tools, Vegas tools. They have so many more tools coming down the line, and they cater to the members' audience. What you talk about in the Discord chat, they try to make for you. So come join us over there at the Quantage.com. Use promo code Bubba for $25 off the MLB DFS season package. If you just want to try it out, you have the NBA playoffs popping off. Guys are cashing like crazy in that Discord chat. If you want to try some baseball for the first month, you can get the All Sports Monthly Package for the first month for $19.99 using promo code Bubba. So either way you look at it, just join us for the whole season of MLB, $25 off, or try All Sports for the first month for $19.99 using promo code Bubba. Also, if you give a rating and review on iTunes, I'd much, much appreciate it. It would help me out. It just takes a couple minutes of your time. The more ratings and review we get, the higher we go up the ladder. And more and more people that didn't know about us can figure us out and find us and listen to us and spread the word of Bench with Bubba. It would mean a ton to me. Just take you a couple minutes. With all that being said, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 162 with Scott Bogman of InThisLeague.com. everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 162 gonna talk some week four waiver wire action recap some of the i guess more injuries in major league baseball and talk some game of thrones episode one of season eight in order to do so good friend of the show good friend of mine you find us work over at the in this league podcast the black book podcast and so much more over there with those boys at itl he's on twitter at bogman sports scott bogman how you doing man 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is uh, we're here for the last episode of the year, clearly 162. So the playoffs start right after my episode. Yeah, but the, the, the serious stuff starts next. So enjoy this while you, while you got it. Um, it, it gets real. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> you're a busy, busy man. Like you're even doing basketball, and you got you know you you wrote something which I know is really challenging for the <sighs> industry crowd. But uh, let everybody know what you got going on, man. Is you're a busy, busy guy. So yeah, the Welsh and I are on. Uh, we're on the Fan Tracks Network. We're doing the Black Book with Joe Pizapia. Uh, I also have the IDP podcast, which I think I'm recording later today with our guy, Gary Davenport, where we go over individual defensive players. If you play that side of uh, fantasy football, I do the college fantasy football podcast on fan tracks with John Lobb and Justin Heisey as well. Of course, all the stuff over in this league where we do uh, football, baseball, college football. I have a draft podcast. The Welsh does minor league baseball stuff and then over at fntsy we've got a three-hour radio show that we do every saturday and we also do nba takeaways which is a daily nba show so lots to cover every single week yeah busy busy guys over there um with the draft coming up you are also doing some other football writing coming your way do you want to talk on that or should i should i wait for the my bald brother to come on and talk about it later <laughs> no i will be featured in the uh the black book this year the football black book where uh post draft i will be writing up uh you know just little blurbs on each player and their situation that they're going to and then uh previewing some players for the 2020 draft as well so uh, that is going to be a, a great time. I'm not the biggest fan of writing. I did just write up a mock draft. So I put that out a couple days ago if you guys want to check that out too. So uh, I do, I, like, I, I enjoyed the process of doing it, but I also roll my eyes at pretty much every mock draft. They're interesting to see, right? They're interesting to go over and look and see why someone would have X player going to Z and all that stuff. But they are just so wrong after the draft when you look at them, you know, because someone is being quiet about something, you know, and uh, there's there's going to be some trade up to get some player that nobody saw going. You know, that's what happened with Trubisky a couple of years ago. So um, and then the Saints gave up their entire draft this year to go get uh, Marcus Davenport when everyone thought they were getting Lamar Jackson last year. So there's always something crazy. And that's why I love that whole process. Yeah, it's like being a weatherman. You can be wrong and no one gives a shit. It's great. So uh, I have. You said no tornadoes, man. And there were tornadoes everywhere. There were What's the deal? Tornadoes. Hail, golf ball size hail. It was ridiculous. Um, you mentioned you don't like riding a lot. Uh, I, I get it. I, I'm trying to as well. It's kind of like the whole you're either a grower or a shower. You're either a podcaster or you're a rider. I think I think I think we're better. We're, we're meant for radio. We, we have faces <laughs> for radio. So I think, yes, I think uh, that's what we're meant to be doing. So yeah, and go check the- out all. I can't I can't re say what I just said most of the time. You know what I mean? So like when I'm writing, exactly. I'm like, that sounds idiotic. I gotta go erase that whole thing and re say it so it sounds better. And then it still sounds like shit, you know, when when you read it. So I don't know. I I'm probably just too critical, but I, I wind up rewriting all my blurbs like six times. So Hey, it's all good. It's all good. But everybody go check out all the Bogman stuff all over the internet and the radio waves. It's, it's always great stuff over there. Football, you've got your football, baseball, basketball locked and loaded. And the guys at the ITL, they've always been good to me. Good group over there. So go check all that out. Um, even Welsh's podcast. You can check that out too if you want. But um, go ch- uh, some recent news we got going on. The Blue Jays. 
Lourdes Gurriel Jr., um, I was warned by Rob Silver in the preseason, do not believe the hype with Lourdes, and it's shown <laughs> so far. Like, he had a hot spell last year. It did not pan out. He's back down to AAA for all guys not named Vlad Guerrero, Eric Sogard. Uh, what's your thoughts on, uh, do we just say, screw it, Lourdes is a platoon player, or what do we have going on with him? Yeah, I mean, I think it, unless you're in, you know, a 20-man league or something deep and ridiculous with extreme benches and all that stuff, you can cast him asunder and pick up someone else. I mean, you know, the hype was fun. You probably spent a higher pick than you should have on him and it just didn't pan out. And these are the risks that we take. And hopefully there's someone left on the wire that uh, is good enough for you to pick up. I would hope that it's probably not going to be Eric Sogard, but you know what? Eric Sogard is going to have at bats in the big leagues. If that's the best guy that uh, is available. So uh, I think you can probably dump Guriel because, I mean, you know, th- this team has many, many prospects. And if, you know, Bichette starts hitting, maybe he gets called up. They have many options. So I'm not, um, you know, the the prospects of Guriel coming back up soon, I, I would think are there if he starts hitting at AAA and Sogard is, you know, being a normal Sogard at the big leagues, then he could come back up within, you know, a month's stretch, but I think there's probably going to take at least a month. So I think dumping him is probably the prudent thing to do in most cases. Yeah, I'm with you. We've, we've seen the hot streaks with Lourdes Gurriel, but it, it just feels like it's just one of those, we're going to send him down to get his mind right, because after all, they are rebuilding. So why would you even bring your right. guard up for the full? Like, this makes no sense. You want as much youth up there as possible. Then again, it's the Blue Jays and Vlad Guerrero Jr. sitting in AAA. So um, you pick your poisons there. You mentioned all the prospects they have. You know, we know Vlad's going to be up hopefully sooner, hopefully sooner than later, but he's pretty much gone in all leagues. But you got guys like Bo Bichette, who is very, very talented, and there's a good chance we see him at some point this year. How soon is do you think is too soon to maybe take an early claim on him so you don't have to pay the King's ransom for him later? I think you'd have to hear some type of rumblings somewhere. Like the first, when the first groundwork of him possibly getting called up um, is when I would put in my first bids for him because this is a guy that is struggling right now. You know, I kind of brought it up to the Welsh, I think on the black book show today, it was either the ITL show or the black book show. I do too many. I can't remember, but uh, we, we were talking about um, the rock. Cause Rob Silver tweeted. He said, it wouldn't it be crazy if they brought up Vlad jr. And uh, Bo Bichette in the same week, and the Welsh kind of poo-pooed that. He said, no, Bichette is not hitting well yet in uh, the minor leagues, and they're going to wait just until he's really got it all going on to go ahead and give him that promotion. So I think he's probably more of a September call-up than he is a pre-All-Star break guy. So I think probably post-All-Star break is the soonest that we're looking for him to to come up and, and be a permanent fixture in the lineup. And that makes sense. You know, you got Freddie Galvis crushing baseball, so why why, why rush a good thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I God, my TGFBI, I let Mason just take him away from me. Oh, you, me out of all people, all people. I know. Man. Yeah. I mean, hey, I got uh, y'all's guy, Brandon Crawford. Yeah, so. B. Crawford. Good. Him and his greasy, greased back hair. <laughs> Enjoy it. 
And somehow the women love him. I don't get me started on that one. Yeah, um, maybe maybe we should start doing the greasy hair bit. So I can't grow hair. So how the hell am I gonna get greasy hair? Well, I mean, how about <laughs> I'll, I'll go get how about Jerry I shave Crow. off half of what I got right now and you can have there you it. Go. There, there you go. go. Oh, there we go. I love it. Uh, let's go Milwaukee Brewers. Josh Hader has been an absolute monster on the mound. We knew he was talented, but he's actually closing games out. But Jeremy Jeffers is supposed to be activated today as of Monday, and there's a good chance he slides back into that closer's role to get Hader to play that fireman guy. But you never know. How are you approaching this situation with Josh Hader and Jeremy Jeffers now? I think uh, picking up Jeffress is uh, a smart move in a lot of leagues. But I, I really uh, – I think that – I don't think that it's just going to hand it to him because he wasn't particularly good in his rehab assignments. I think he had four and a third innings, five and a third innings, something like that, and he gave up a ton of runs. Uh, he had a decent amount of strikeouts too. But I don't think they're going to just, you know, have him come back and then start saving games immediately. I think that it's going to take him a little bit to get up to that point. And we've seen them use Hader for two innings at a time, two and a third innings at a time, I believe was one of them as well. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I know Hader will break down if they use him that much. But I think for right now, for maybe the next couple weeks going further anyway, I think Hader is going to still be getting uh, all of the save opportunities. I think in a couple weeks, then if Jeffress looks good in his couple outings that they let him have, uh, I don't think he's going to be brought into high leverage situations right out of the gate. If he looks good there, then he'll start getting save opportunities and more important opportunities. But I, it's smart to pick him up now, especially if you're one of those guys that waited or you know you drafted a, a banged up guy like Robertson or something like that. Yeah, you drafted Craig Kimbrell, who wants too much money for what he's worth. Stuff oh, like that. Yeah. I got four shares but, of Craig Kimbrell. So. And yeah, trust me, a... that was not on purpose. I did not realize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, he, there's a good chance, and it makes more and more sense now, that he's going to be out until the MLB draft, so he doesn't, people right. don't lose a draft pick for him. It's freaking crazy. Stupid MLB system. That simple. Stupid. Um Let's talk about Seattle Mariners. This might be a quickie, but Wade LeBlanc, not really fantasy relevant, out four to six weeks. They're bringing up a prospect, Eric Swanson. I just started digging into this guy last night. Not a whole lot I get out of him. Do you have anything on Eric Swanson? Not really. Uh, I saw Eric Swanson, and I was like, why are we talking about Eric Swanson? That was kind of my thought process. But the last time I was on here, we talked about Chris Owings for 10 minutes. I said he was minor league player of the year, and I believe you informed me that when you were nine, you were player of the year in your little league or something. So it was I kind of feel like that is what Eric Swanson is. I mean, you know, we, we weren't expecting Seattle to do a whole lot this year. So why not bring up a guy that's kind of been a little bit of a journeyman? I mean, he's not old for a minor league prospect. He's only, what, 25 or uh, yeah, almost he, 26. 25. Yeah. Right. So it's not like he's an old man or anything that's stuck his whole life in uh quad a or anything, but he's a little bit older for a guy that's getting called up for the first time. Um, or probably just normal compared to what we've been seeing recently where 20 year olds get called up and Ronald Acuna is uh, 11 when he gets called up. So, you know, it, it's, I, I just watch his first couple starts, I guess. And if he starts to click, 
you know, then pick him up. But until that, I'm not going to mess with him. But we have seen plenty of times where, you know, the best coaching is reserved for the major leagues. So sometimes a guy will come up and he'll go to, you know, the major leagues. He'll get his call up. He'll be good enough to get called up. And, you know, a coach at the big league level will have him make some type of a change, which turns him into a, you know, I don't think it's going to turn him into a Cy Young contender, but maybe just a number three starter. So you never know uh, something like that. So if you're in a deep, deep league and you really need, like in my AL only, I'm going to be digging in on Eric Swanson uh, pretty quick here. But um, other than that, I think that you just let him sit on the wire, watch his first couple starts and see what he does. But, uh, you know, I think most people want Justice Sheffield to come up. So. Yeah, that's why I was surprised by this. I was wondering if he was worth something because I don't I didn't know why they wouldn't bring Justice up. It made no sense to me. I was surprised when I saw this. Um the only thing I can think of is maybe he's related to Ron Swanson, and that'd be kind of cool. But um <laughs> I, I, I I'm not sure. Like I was the only thing I could think of other than that. I, I, I had nothing on this kid. You know, he's been in the Rangers, Yankees, and Mariners system. I think he came over in that Justice Sheffield trade as well. So I guess we'll see who he has, but um yeah, I'm with you. Not not much here. Maybe he gets an extension pretty soon because he's the real deal. Who knows? Right. Uh, I mean, uh, they didn't bring up Justice Sheffield because he's played in three games and his ERA is 10. So, or I guess that was last year. My bad. Uh, <laughs> let's see what he's yeah, done in the minor leagues this year. Uh, well, his ERA isn't much better. It's 5.19 in his two starts. <laughs> so uh, he's got a loss. Now, his, uh, he does have three strikeouts and eight walks. So there you go. So that is That's probably for him. his swinging strike rate is 2.6%, Bubba. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, just putting two and two together, Eric Swanson has got to be better than that. So, yep. um, you know, Sheffield will get better uh, going on and we'll probably see him up at some point this year. But if he's going to have a 2.6 swinging strike rate, that ain't going to work. So no, not going to work at all. Um, let's talk about the Atlanta Braves as they are quite the uh, – conundrum they gave Acuna an extension Ozzy Albies takes the deal of a lifetime for the Braves um and now Arroyo's Vizcaino we you know coming into the draft season it was Vizcaino it was Mentor who was it going to be well Vizcaino has kind of been a mess and now he's on the 10-day DL um or IL my bad the hall, the how dare you yeah you know how dare you all those disabled <laughs> so disabled people are pissed that you called it the DL. Yeah. Yeah. It's clearly them that were angry and not just people who are hanging out. You know, if, if, if you have any complaints, you email in this league at gmail.com. Be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, he's going to the DL shoulder inflammation. AJ mentor looks like he'll get the gig. What are you doing with the Braves closing situation? Um, hoping they sign Craig Kimbrell, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I do you like four <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I do like I do like AJ Minter, so I think that's where they're going to go uh, to start with this job. And then you know, uh, there's they have so many guys that could be competent starters that if they're not going to sign Kimbrel, Viscaino isn't getting healthy, and Minter sucks. I don't know why they wouldn't just take one of these guys and stick them on the back end. You know. They want Tukey to pitch out of the bullpen right now. Why not make him the closer? You know, do what you're doing with Hader. Give him the last couple innings if it's in a high leverage situation. See if he can hold on to a lead there. Do something. So 
And we've seen plenty of teams do this with starters where, look, we just don't need you as a starter right now. So we're going to go ahead and make you a, uh, you know, a closer. And I think that's fine. And I don't know why they wouldn't do that with him. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes too much sense almost. And it makes you wonder why they won't do it. (laughs) Um, You mentioned uh, Tuki Toussaint came up through really, really well in the times we've seen him in the bigs. Sean Newcomb gets sent down to triple X. He's been absolute dog garbage so far. Um, Soroka might be coming back soon. Fulty's coming back soon. Yeah, Max Freed pitching well. It's jumbled mess. Yeah, you said Tuki's probably going to the bullpen, but how do you assess, like, Max Freed was a big deal last week. You know, we got our boy Matt Modica talking up uh, Soroka. There's a lot of ways to, to look at this. How are you looking at this Braves starting pitching situation from a fantasy perspective? Well, I will follow the pitching guy in Modica and the minor league guy in the Welsh and say that I think Soroka is the guy that's going to come up and get the job because, you know, it looked like, okay, well, you know, stupid Newcomb can only last uh, an inning and a third or whatever it was the other night. And then Tukey came in through six. Why don't we just put Tukey there? But they want him to pitch out of the bullpen. So I I'm guessing that it's going to be Soroka coming back. And then we have um, Fulty coming back after I believe his last rehab start is going to be tonight as we're recording this. And then he should be back. I guess he's scheduled to start Saturday the 20th. So um, it looks like it's going to be Tehran, Fried, got, or Freed, Gossman, uh, you know, Fulty, and Wildcard, which most people expect to be Soroka. So that's what I'd probably go with, with Tukey going back to the bullpen. How aggressive uh, we saw. We'll, we'll get into some waiver wire stuff in a bit, but how aggressive would you be on Soroka in the waiver wires? Um, yeah, that, that's tough to say. I think that, uh, if you're desperate for pitching, then I'd be fairly aggressive because I think, you know, Soroka is one of those guys that has a chance to be the best out of everybody here. And, um, so, I mean, I would be fair. I wouldn't be like 50% of my fab aggressive or anything. I'd probably do like, you know, uh, you know, if we think it's going to be like seven bucks or something, just throw 10 on them you know, something around uh, that nature, you know, or maybe if you know someone else probably going to throw 10, maybe throw 11. See, I'm bad at fab. This is what I do to myself. Yeah, all I'm the with time. you. It's, it's I, tough. It's tough. I, I'm like, uh, let's see. I know someone's going to put at least 10, so I'll put 11. I'll put, and then I win him at 11, but the next highest bid was two, you know. Yeah, someone's going to put 10. Like, I'll put $47. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did that this week. We'll talk about that in a second, but. Uh, it, you know, it gets confusing, you know, I'm not sure what yep. to do. I definitely, the first couple of weeks I bid way too low on everyone. And then this week it went way too high. So whatever. Yep. It's a wonderful world of fab. And that's one thing I like. The reason I like recapping the TGFBI, like we'll do later is you see the different prices that guys go for in each league. And sometimes it makes you want to puke. And sometimes it makes <laughs> you laugh because you got the other end of the spectrum and it's happened to me many times. So it's always interesting to see how it differentiates so much. Um, Talking about the end of the spectrum that makes you want to puke, Carlos Gonzalez is up in the major leagues again. Uh, the Indians, they, they brought him up over the weekend. He went one for five with the, with the run scored. They're probably going to play him because they don't have many other options or they don't have any options they want to use. Is he viable in a fantasy sense? Um, I mean, it would have to be a fairly deep league because I think he's going to get somewhat platooned, you know, 
I guess, did he hit three in his first game? Yep, they have nothing right now. And sure, sure, Lindor's rehabbing. He'll be back soon. Ozier Maris can't hit the broads out of a barn right now. Kipnis comes back shortly. So I guess there's signs of life pointing to Cleveland, but it's not pretty. Right. Kipnis should be back tonight as we're uh, recording this, hopefully. Uh, I know he's traveling, so uh, we'll see if he gets back in there tonight. Um. I, I still think they're probably going to platoon him and Hanley, right? Or him that, and Greg Allen, somebody. I, so, I would imagine Greg Allen would be my guess. But I think that he's going to get the majority of the ABs because he's a lefty and most hitters True. are righties. So, or most pitchers, excuse me, are righties. So uh, I, I think that I guess you can pick him up. I just, I have a lot of 16 man leagues and I was not diving after the waiver wire for cargo, you know, Bradley Zimmer is going to get back at some point and be in that lineup. So, um, you know, I, I don't know at, you know, he would have to hit fairly well to stick in the lineup at that point. So, um, you know, if he gets hot, pick him up and, uh, ride the wave. And, you know, if you pick him up and he's not hot, dump him, cast him asunder. So yeah. put him in that pile with Lourdes Gurriel. Yeah, I don't hate him if you're desperate, but uh, don't go crazy. Some people are crazy. Um, Rugnit Odor, the the, the mm. boxer himself, goes on the 10-day IL with a right knee sprain. They call up Danny Santana, who's kind of been a journeyman middle infielder throughout baseball, but yet he's only 28 years old. Uh, Rugi's off to a rough start, and maybe we're going to say the knee's the reason why he's not hitting with any power. But uh, is there any level of concern here with Rugnit Odor? Because many thought this was the year he really put it all together. Yeah, I mean, I think there has to be, you know, the, because this didn't seem like a big deal or maybe he wasn't letting on that it was or it's not a big deal and he's hitting like crap. And they're like, look, where well, you're going to go on the I.L., you know, you're going to go on the I.L. and you're going to straighten your head out. You're going to do a little rehab starts and then you're going to come back to us when you can actually hit. So I can't tell what's what you know if it's a if this is a mental break for him for the il that we're going to call this knee sprain worse than we thought it was or if this is a mental il stint where it's like you can't hit anything we're going to give you some days off you're going to reset you're going to refocus you're going to go rehab and get back out there so i just don't know which one it is so i think there has to be concern though either way because either the knee injury is worse than we thought or he's in his own head which you know that stuff can be worse than a physical entries at points. So I think that he'll take his 10 days. He'll do, you know, three to four games of a rehab assignment, and then he'll be back up uh, within the lineup fairly quickly. So I'm not too worried, but there's definitely an underlying thing there that concerns me. Yeah, and you talked about if it's mental, we're in trouble. Because, yes, Ruben Odor does not seem like the guy with the best mental capacity on the, <laughs> on the baseball this field. swing. Right. Yeah. Uh, just swing when you run into Jose Batista, when you see a baseball, just swing. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of what it is. And if if something in his brain is saying, don't swing, then that's not the Rugi we know and love. No, no. We need to give him some smelling salts and some greenies and maybe we'll get back to back to baseball. <laughs> but uh, that's a whole other era. Um, last injury. I just noticed it right before we recorded. So I threw it on there. But uh, David Robertson of the Phillies, similar to Rugi Nador, but a different sense at the same time has been struggling tremendously. Now he goes on the 10-day IL with a, sore, a soreness in his right elbow. Could be a phantom DL stint to get his head right. 
It could be real. They said he was feeling discomfort. Um, that whole situation there with that bullpen has been very, very interesting. Not to mention Gabe Kapler can be a um, pain in the ass at yes. times. How, how, what are you doing with like the Phillies bullpen? Because literally, I think Sir Anthony's the best pitcher, but he's not even getting all the safe chances. So, uh, fun fact about the Phillies bullpen for me, zero shares. I was, I was avoiding this to begin with. So, uh, I don't really have to do anything with it because I don't have anything here, but, uh, I think Naris, because of his experience is probably the guy to own at this point while David Robertson is on the DL. I'm with you. I think Dominguez is probably the best, but, Neris and Neshik and um, doesn't somebody else have a save there? Ramos or somebody, I think, and they sent Ramos down. Like it's right. pretty good stuff. Right, exactly. So it's probably between Neshik and Neris. So I think I would lean with Neris to get the majority of the save opportunities. Uh, but also, why don't you sign Craig Kimbrell? Why don't you do that, Philly? Novel, Come on. novel concept. You already spent all this money. Might as well spend a little bit more and make that bullpen uh, locked down. So uh, I think that that's a possibility, too. And it's got to be one of those things where every time a bullpen blows a save, that Craig Kimbrell's smile just gets a little bit bigger, right? So <laughs> someone's so? going to pay me. Look at these losers. So idiots. we'll see. Idiots. It's like pinky in the brain. Idiots. <laughs> um, a couple more questions for you. Christian Walker uh, of your D-backs. Everybody ran to, to pick him up when he was uh, facing a bunch of lefties who kind of went mediocre. He's been crushing, right? He's been crushing the baseball, period. But some people have already dropped him this week. What's your, like, I just, as a guy that watches the D-backs, whether you like to or not, um, <laughs> what's your thoughts on Christian Walker the rest of the year? Because at first it was kind of a platoon thing, but then Jake Lamb gets hurt. What, do we, what, what should we expect from Walker? Well, it's funny because uh... – before Jake's land, Jake Lamb's 77th injury or whatever this is at this point, um, he said, you know, they basically said, no, no, no we're not going to play Lamb at third. Uh, we're going to, he's going to be our first baseman. Walker will get some starts, but it's not a platoon. And then you saw, all right, but Walker is starting every time against lefties. How is this not a platoon? And then Lamb just went up to uh, Lavolo and said, look, I could play third. You guys need me to play third and want me to play third. I can do it. So he started warming up at third again. So I think Walker is going to get the majority of the at bats at first base this season for the diamondbacks. And, um, you know, there, there's no way that Walker is worse at hitting righties than lamb is at hitting lefties. So we can get both these guys in there. I think he'll get the occasional day off and, um, you know, and by the way, Walker right now is hitting one Oh five off lefties. Yep. So he's hitting three fifty seven off the righties right now. So it's not, um, you know, nothing is etched in stone here, but he should be better against the lefties than lamb is. So when lamb comes back, he'll at least get those at bats, but I think he's going to stick up first for the majority of the season. So, a uh, lamb has kind of proven that he's not as good as we thought he was going to be. You know, probably another guy that the Diamondbacks should have traded instead of trading X, Y, or Z. But um, you know, such is life as a Diamondbacks fan. Yeah, I wasn't going to go too much further. I had a lot of Diamondbacks questions for you. I had some Paul Goldschmidt questions, but as a friend, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> um, I figured you were just going to ask me what my favorite Carl's Jr. meal is. Oh, that's so. next. 
I'm not. Oh, like okay. Because I, as a, as a guy that likes his food as well, I've been wanting to ask questions because they just use it as like a joke to talk to you about it. I'm actually curious on the situation. I want to have some fun with it. Um, first off, I might have missed it. For those that don't know, every time the Diamondbacks lose, Mr. Bogman here goes and gets Carl's Jr. and he, and he broadcasts it to the world. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that I can respect. What made you pick Carl's Jr.? Okay, well, Whataburger is actually my favorite. Yes. You know, burger place. Which I've never but, had. I'm, and I'm very. What? They don't have them out here. But I thought you said you've been out here for spring training, right? Yeah. I usually sit downtown by the pool and I walk to Scottsdale Stadium and I go to the bars downtown. There's no water burger in Old Town Scottsdale. Yeah, but there, there's one like right by my place. So which is not far from Old Town at all. So okay. you got to hit me up the next time. We'll go. I'll I'll show you where the sex trafficker was shot and everything <laughs> it's a famous waterburger so. how, how, clo- how close were you to the sex trafficker when it was she was shot well i wasn't so uh, i actually went there later that night of course because it was a day that ends with why and um i was going through the line and there's this big police do not cross they have like part of the parking lot just completely blocked off and so did you i say, asked, did you ask him why are they judging you and not letting you eat Right. Well, I was like, what the hell? But they had the drive through open. So that's okay, all good. I care about. Good. So I went through the drive through and I asked the girl there and she was like, I don't know what ha- I wasn't here. So uh, she's like, no one will tell me what happened. I don't know. I think, you know, she was like younger. I think they just didn't want to tell her that somebody got shot in the parking lot. So uh, <laughs> to, to freak her out. So but I guess it was some dude that was, you know, some sex trafficker that the FBI had been chasing forever. And. They finally quartered him in uh, during his lunch break, I guess, from sex trafficking. I don't know what your job is, what you physically do. But um, and he he pulled out a gun. And so, you know, the FBI agents, uh, yeah, put him down. So um, but but anyway, we're going to have to go. But that's my favorite place to eat fast food. So I didn't want to get sick of it. So I wasn't going to pick Good that point. to Good go point. every single day so that I hate it after like because I might hate burgers at the end of the season, which would be rare for me. But um, uh, I mean, if I did hate burgers at the end of the season, probably be good for the overall health for the rest of my life. But um, uh, Carl's Jr. is good enough. It's also annoying enough because it is a f- much farther drive than a lot of other places because there's not too many Carl's Juniors out here. I mean, they're here, but they're not like, you know, they're not like McDonald's. They're not littered on every corner or anything. So it is a little bit of a drive, and it did piss me off yesterday because uh, they're ripping up my main drag on the way to Carl's Jr. So, yeah, so I had to, like, go the back way, and it took longer. But um, So you have to uh, vent even longer on the D-backs loss while you're doing this. Yeah, like, you know, well, I mean, my drive there, I'm just thinking, like, God damn it. You know, why why did they have to, like, the bullpen, what their bit this season, this is what I said in my last video, is they get down early, and then they come back to tie it, and then the bullpen blows it. Like, that has been the 2019 Diamondbacks so far. So, and that's exactly what the last loss was. Now, yesterday, they were down, they came back, and they actually won. So hopefully that is the beginning of a trend. But they're starting a road trip here, so most likely not. But um, anyway, uh, I, I so I picked Carl's Jr. because it's good enough to where I knew I wouldn't hate it within the first month and a half. Like, I probably hate the drive more. But it's also, if I ruin it for myself, you know, 
it you doesn't do take an it. option. Yeah, it doesn't take an option off. So, uh, now, and and I do like Carl's Jr. So it's pretty decent. So do you do you have to drive there or can you Uber Eats it? Does that still count? I, I think Uber Eats would count for sure. But God damn, dude, I gotta tell you. The prices for Postmates and Uber Eats and all that stuff, like it turned out to be affordable. The only one that's affordable is DoorDash. And you saw what happened to me on DoorDash this winter. You know, uh, I got a note in my bag that said, I have herpes. Follow my YouTube channel. So I I, I just I don't even know what to do with that. So I don't want to be ordering a goddamn DoorDash. So um, I'm afraid I'm going to get herpes lady again. But do we, do we think there's a chance that you, like the ITL in this league show can get sponsored by Carl's Jr. Postmates or something by the end of the season by doing this? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, for a couple reasons. Number one, I just don't think that we have a big enough of a cachet. You know, I mean, I have just over 4000 followers on Twitter. That's a respectable number and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, you probably got to be in the 50,000s. Plus, I think the Carl Jr. probably see it as insulting since I say, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm taking on my anger on my body every single week at Carl's Jr., which is true. Uh, but uh, the, like the whole point is, you know, for fat guys, you got to have something good in your life. You know, yep. so if the food can be good, that's what you want. So and uh, and but uh, the D-backs just uh, I, I won't be surprised that I if I'm blocked by the D-backs by the end of the year. So. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'll be able to hashtag rattle on every time. So that's, that's all that matters. I got two more questions on this. This is the fun part about bench with Bubba. I can talk about whatever <laughs> the hell I want. That's um, right. So Carl's Jr., like you said, I kind of like the idea there because you have options. There's yes. not just burgers. Like there's a ton of different things. Like is this a Carl's Jr. with the green burrito or whatever they call those? Like it's not. Because like that, they could even crazier. It's not, dude. I was kind of pissed. I uh, <laughs> went there the other day and I had had burgers like, you know, the D-backs lost uh, a lot last week. So <laughs> I, I try to make some variety. My favorite thing is the the Western bacon cheeseburger there. Not and, the double, not the double. The well, season. I usually get the double because you I'm, got the double when Goldie got traded. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and was, that was, was my first eating. meal. That was stress eating. <laughs> <laughs> and my first meal uh, there for the loss was also the double Western. So uh, I think I've eaten there. I think the D-backs have lost nine times. I got that three times. So, um, but uh, yeah, the because I, I saw on the menu the green burrito, but I went there the other day and I said, hey, uh, do you guys have burritos or is that just a breakfast thing? Because they have a breakfast menu, but uh, you know, I, I stay up late and record you know, things late and uh, put stats together late. So I'm usually waking up, you know, fairly late in the day. And uh, so it's rare that I wake up before the breakfast is done <laughs> or at some time. Like, I, you know, I actually usually wake up before breakfast is done, but not enough time to like take a shower, get ready and then drive down there. So you, you, like to look, you like to look good for your drive through? Well, I like to, you know, like I said, with my hair, uh, I do look like transitioning orphan Annie right now with the length of my hair. So <laughs> I need I need to at least wet it down to get it to do something. I mean, in my first Carl's Jr. video, I had someone say, you look like a slob. I was like, well, thanks, mom. You know, but I mean, that's kind of the point, though. Like, you look yeah, like exactly. a sad dude eating Carl's Jr., which is exactly what I am. You're supposed so, to be Frank uh, Gallagher's beer drinker from Shameless. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, 
<laughs> I'm not doing this just for me. I'm doing this for all D-backs fans, of yeah, course. Yeah, so do this for everybody. But, uh, yeah, so uh, my go-to is normally the uh, Western Bacon Chief. Was that even the question that yes, you had? I can't what, even what remember. Do you prefer, what do you prefer there? Yes. That, that's what I prefer. But I've tried the chicken tenders were actually pretty solid. Uh, I was surprised. I was fairly impressed by them. Uh, the sauces need some work. The ranch was no good. It's like drive-through fast food ranch. We need to work on that. I'm going to try the honey mustard next time I go there. But uh, the guacamole burger is uh, fairly strong there, too. That's probably my second favorite thing. And I'm going to wind up trying everything. I'm not a big mushrooms exactly. person, but I'll probably try the truffle thing at some point. And, uh, you know, the um, I did the the fruit. Uh, they have Fruit Loop Donuts. That's what? what I did yesterday. Oh, that is strong, son. You got to get in there. Uh, you got Hardee's oh. and Carl's Jr. Oh, yeah. No, Cali, I, had, so. I had Carl's Jr. like last Thursday. I, yeah, we got we got that around here. Yeah, yeah, dude. Fruit Loop Donuts. Strong. Very, very good. I mean, I, I gave it a 4.8 out of 5. So uh, you need to get in there and try some of those. If, if you're a Fruit Loops fan. So uh, I'm not a big cereal guy, but it's because I hate all the milk with cereal. So I'm just a fat uh, kid very, very eat, good option. So I can try it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they do have some type of a salad. So I'm sure, you know, on a 14-game losing streak, those last five <laughs> might be salads. So... Uh, we'll get in there and try that eventually, but I haven't gotten to that point quite yet. So, is there a minimum order requirement on this? Not like really. I just have to a certain thing. No, I just have to stop at Carl's Jr. to okay. take my anger out. You know, there might be there might come a a twenty game loss streak where I'm running through for a Coke. You know, so. Uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, if I'm going to go all the way down there, I'm almost always going to eat. So, uh, you know, like yesterday I had the fruit loop donuts and they were very good, but I was hungry like an hour later. So, you know, gotcha. such is life. Very last question on this, even though I like literally, I respect this whole thing you have going so I can talk about <laughs> it for a long, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> the Diamondbacks are seven and nine. He made nine trips to Carlos Jr. already non-voluntary mm-hmm. trips to Carl's Jr. Um, right. What do you, what's like the over-under? Are we thinking 81 overall? Like that's 50-50 season. That's 500. Or do you think they're having a losing season? Like you're going, until, like maybe you're going 81 more times this year or more. I think I'm going 85 to 90 probably. So, um, you know, they're not good right now, which is, unusual for the diamondbacks for whatever reason i think maybe it's just living in the warm weather or whatever the uh the d-backs usually start out fairly hot and they haven't so they cool down at the end of the season uh which maybe this will just be a reverse year where they'll start winning games at the end of the year or something um but they they don't look particularly fantastic specifically like i said the bullpen is not great i know people like archie bradley i just don't know why you know, uh, I, you know, I, I was at the game where he hit the triple and everyone lost their damn mind. And there are two things with that. Number one, I was pissed. He was even hitting. I was like, what the hell are we doing and have an Archie hit here? So they were just blowing fastballs right down the middle. So if you can hit it all, you're going to get a hit there. And he did, but he also gave up the two runs he drove in in the next inning. So it's not like Archie has ever been some, you know, super amazing closer and people in Arizona want to make him out like he's goddamn Mariano Rivera and he sucks. You know, I, he's a nice guy. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Uh, he is an Oklahoma fan, which I don't appreciate at all, but, um, 
that neither here nor there. That's my own personal bias. But he throws 91 down the pipe. Like, he's just not that good. And he's one of the best ones in the bullpen. Greg Holland got released by the Royals last year, and he's our closer. So, um, and he's you know, pitching well. He is now. He was awful in spring. His ERA was like 12. So it was worse than Justice Sheffield last year. So uh, <laughs> it's not very good. Um, so the bullpen is a little bit ugly. And, um, you know, the, the starting staff, if they can find anybody to take Cranky, they'll deal him in a heartbeat. Uh, Robbie Ray has been kicked around in rumors. So if they continue to keep losing like this, I do think that they'll start to sell off some pieces as well. So, uh, you know, the team overall will take a dive and I will just be, you know, uh, on cholesterol medication probably at that point. So, you know, or, we'll see. Or they, or they build the, you know, the peel away thing like Major League, but instead of this girl in lingerie, it's Bogman and they want him, you know, to have oh, a t-shirt or something. Like, that's right. Each, each, section right is, the <laughs> each section is a meal. So that I have to eat. Exactly. So, oh, Jesus. Oh, it's good stuff. I can't <laughs> wait to see how this keeps going. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love the dedication to it. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. That's the genius of ITL. You boys <laughs> find ways to just make this so damn fun. And I, I love how, especially Welsh, she always talks about how no one like knows who you guys are or respects you. Trust me. There's a lot of people that do because it's damn funny. And then, oh yeah. That's, that's heel Welsh talking. Oh, at that I know point, that, that's, so. that's feel sorry for me. Welsh. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk some fab waiver wire stuff. TGFBI the week four edition. Uh, it's not nearly as hectic as it was last week, but we have a few things to talk about. First, I'll just ask right now, were you $15 or $18 on Brandon Crawford? I was uh, the, I think I was 15. So uh, I, but I think the next highest was three. So, but I, I, I had to get a goddamn shortstop. No choice. Yeah. No choice. Yeah. Trey Turner. So had to do it. I get it. All right. Uh, CC Sabathia, he's back. He went in five leagues from from $4 to $82. What's your thoughts? I know it's a 15 team league. So there are some needs for deep pitching. Uh, do you have any desire to have a CC Sabathia on your roster this year? Not really, even in a deeper league. Um, you know, anything crops back up with the heart. And we saw this play out for uh, Kenley Chanson last year, you know, and uh, he's just going to be uh, sent back away. And I, I don't want to deal with uh, all that stuff this year. So, uh, and he, I mean, he's on the back end of his career anyway. So there's no way. I mean, I would have to be very desperate to be spending 82 bucks on CC. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Clay Buckles, Cletus is back. You saw him last year pitch really surprisingly well. He went from anywhere from a dollar to $48 in five leagues, pitched well in his debut for the Jays, six innings, one earned, two strikeouts. Um, I was nervous with him going to Toronto, but he, he pitched well. Do you have any interest in Clay Buckles? Um, you know what? He pitched pretty well for the Diamondbacks down the stretch. I think I'd rather have him than CeCe. So, uh, I guess you could say I have a little interest in, in Buckholes, which, but by the way, just real quick, I can't take my eyes off of Chris Owings being bid on here since that's the guy for we talked about last dollars. Yep. $13. Like what's he even really doing? Like Nick Ahmed, I got last week. I understood that one. Uh, what's Chris <laughs> Owings doing to, uh, Maybe that bid was put in after, um, you know, Billy Hamilton crashing in the wall, you know. That's what <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. That's good. I don't think I could think of this. Holy shnikes. 
Um, <laughs> that's something special there. But uh, same special angle. Got Daniel Descalso went from here from one dollar to twenty seven dollars. He's been leading off at times for the Cubbies, um, but it's kind of scary there. Would you rather Chris Owens or Daniel Descalso? Oh. Um, I would probably rather have Daniel Descalso because, uh, yeah, he won't get consistent at bats, but you know how Madden is like, he'll get in there. So I would probably rather have him. All right. Here's a, here's a fun name release. Dan Vogelbach's been crushing baseballs. I know you guys talked about him recently on one of your shows. Dan Vogelbach looks like if you mashed me and Bubba together. Yeah, I could see that actually. (laughs) He's kind of, is my spirit animal. That's why like, when Nate Dawkins talks about how much he loves him, I'm like, you're way too small to appreciate this man. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is like the stuff, as a kid, as a fat kid growing up, you wanted to be this man, and he's doing it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's him and Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, oh, God. And he's trying to get skinny, so he's, he's losing my respect. That's right. Um, he went for as high as $302, 30% of someone's fab budget. Uh, you know, there's, there's rumors when everyone gets back and healthy that it's going to be tough to find playing time. Do you think he's going to get enough playing time to warrant so much attention on the fab wire. Well, he's just, he's got to keep hitting. So if you believe in him and you think that he is going to keep hitting and hitting and hitting, uh, then you kind of have to be in, you kind of have to spend this type of money to, uh, to get him. But I don't know if that's something that I'm really buying into. I mean, you know, Seager's going to come back at some point and, uh, you know, play third. So Ryan Healy will move over to, first and i mean what is vogelbach even doing right now yeah he's been quiet since that he had like four or five really really good days it's quieted down a bit right so So you have this mix here of jay bruce e5 uh ryan healy seager when he comes back and vogelbach that's five guys for three spots i don't know if i'd be burning 30 percent of my fab on him right now uh and that could just be people that are sitting in dead last and gotta have something so you know, uh, pick up the dude while he's on a, a nice hot streak here. You know, by no means is Ryan Healy, um, you know, guaranteed anything. And we've seen Jay Bruce uh, play in the outfield before. So, uh, I mean, I don't know where he'd play now because Malix, Haniger, and Santana are all uh, playing pretty well. And, um, but you never know what's going to happen in the future. Somebody could get hurt. But, yeah, that's why I didn't go and uh, burn a whole bunch of money on Vogelbach. So, yeah, I'm with you as well. Uh, David Fletcher's been leading off for the Angels of late. He's been pretty productive in the last few days. Went from 2 to $39. Has multi-position eligibility. Is this just a deep league type guy, or do you think he can be more than that? Uh, I mean, there's definitely, you know, I like buying in on leadoff hitters. So if the dude's hitting leadoff and he's doing well recently, then, uh, you know, I, I like him as a pickup. So he's hitting 349 right now. He's got two swipes, uh, you know, 43 plate appearances. I just want to look real quick to see how many times he's actually let off. But, um, you know, if the dude is leading off, there's, you know, there's only 30 leadoff hitters in the league. So um, let's see. He is hit first. Well, he's been all over the lineup. Jesus. Uh, he's hit six or nine, six times. He's hit eighth, seventh, sixth, fourth. And first twice. So uh, he's hitting 444 out of that one hole. And um, that's where one of his stolen bases is from. And the other one was from hitting ninth. So um, he's a decent ad. Uh, I, I would, I think I'd rather spend like my, you know, whatever, 
five bucks to twenty five bucks on Fletcher than spend three hundred on Vogelbach. Yeah, I'm 100 percent on board with you there. That's why I think he's an interesting name for people to keep an eye on because he's actually producing the leadoff role. It's kind of a big deal there. Uh, Freddie Galvis is going everywhere by now. People kind of know he's hitting well, but be prepared for the potential drop off. I'd imagine. Oh yeah. yeah, um, that's coming. Hector Neris, we already hit on the Philadelphia situation. Thoughts and prayers to all of you. Um, <laughs> T's and P's. T's and P's for all. But Hunter Dozier and J.D. Davis, these are two guys that I was looking at uh, their stat cast numbers last week, and they both went from anywhere from $1 to $37. And they have a lot of similarities to me, and they're both kind of slowly getting it going. Is there any interest in guys like Hunter Dozier or J.D. Davis? Uh, I mean, I think there has to be, especially for uh, a guy like Dozier, where the opportunity is there. I think with... J.D. Davis is a little more dicey because you got Frazier uh, coming back up at some point here fairly quickly. And I mean, but because of the success of J.D. Davis and Pete Alonzo, um, you know, they're trying out Frazier at everything. He's going to kind of be a utility player, it looks like. But I think that if you're picking a spot for him to overtake, it's probably third base most of the time. He can give a Rosario a breather. If Peter Alonzo, Pete Alonzo, excuse me, if Pete, uh, don't 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 piss I him know. off. Excuse me, I man. mean that's worse than ILDL right there. So <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, if he falls into somewhat of a funk, Frazier can play first. But uh, I think most at bats he's going to take from are probably going to be JD Davis. So it's unfortunate, but I also don't think they're going to run him out to start him there, and that's why they've been practicing him. I like. What goddamn major leaguer who's played a hundred years like Todd Frazier has needs nine days of rehab. And you don't yeah. need that many. They're just trying to get him back to the spot where he could possibly play shortstop, which uh, I think might be comical to watch him out there. But, uh, you know, he, he's he's always been a decent fielder. Uh, but I, I think I would if I'm picking one, I, I think Dozier is probably the guy between both of them. Yeah, I like that call. They're both interesting. But I think, yeah, Dozier much more stable at the moment. So I like where your head's at there. Uh, Jordan Lyles pitching for the Pirates. He's looked pretty good. Everyone's, you know, Lance Brozdowski talked about his curveball usage and his change in his curveball. Uh, he went from 9 to $53. Any uh, takeaways on Jordan Lyles and this early start from a fantasy perspective? I mean, we, we've seen some decent starts or stretches at least from Lyles. So I'm really hesitant to you know, buy into two starts. I like what I've seen so far, but, uh, you know, it's his highest swinging strike rate of his career. Obviously, be pretty much best everything. Even his FIP at four point, his ex-FIP at 4.07 would be his best ever. But his ERA, you know, last year, it was his career best at 4.11. So I think he, that's probably what he is, is he is a five-starter, for a real team and probably should be left on the waiver wire for most teams. But if you're in a deeper league and you need a pitcher, uh, you know, take him and ride the wave while he's hot. So. No doubt about it. Uh, Josh Fegley went to a lot of teams. He's a catcher. We don't go too deep into that, but he's swinging a good stick right now. Um, A couple others. I want to, I want to mention before we talk a little game of Thrones here, Nick Marjavicious. I think I got that. better than I thought. Margavicious. Is that really what it is? I, I think so. He's played the Marga D-backs Vicky. twice. Marga so. Vickius. Okay. And he, he did well, too. Uh, $4 to $165. Is this just a matter of he faced the D-backs and the Giants, or is there something more to this kid? Um, I mean, 
and it's probably 50-50, right? But I'm not high on Margavikius because the Padres have been linked to Dallas Keuchel, and I think he's the guy that immediately goes um, should they wind up signing Keuchel. Uh, so, I mean, this is another guy a lot like Jordan Lyles where you pick him up, and uh, if he can do it against an, uh, a team again, then great. And if he blows up your ERA, especially if you're in head-to-head for the week, that sucks, and you dump him, and you you know use that as a streaming spot. So if you've got a streaming spot, uh, and he's, I, I don't even know who they're playing this week, um, the Padres. But if you got a streaming spot and they got a decent matchup, then uh, you know why not? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I think that's I think that's where we'll call it. There's a bunch of kind of middle tiers guys. Two keys Who did you buy? I week. only did one this week. I did Josh Fegley. Got him at 31 bucks, right in the middle. Nice. I feel, I feel better about myself. Um, <laughs> the run, the runner up was only twelve dollars in my league, so yes, I still overpaid. But looking at someone that paid one hundred and fifty-seven dollars for a catcher makes me want to be in their league next year. Um, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Well, to be honest, I think I'd rather spend a fab budget than a high draft pick. So, true. Very uh, true. you know, one hundred fifty-seven bucks is not great to be paying for Fegley, but. It's better than spending a fifth round pick on on one of those guys. Uh, I I did uh, Crawford was one of mine, and my other one was uh, somebody dumped uh, Avisel Garcia last oh, week. Yeah. And I, I saw someone added him. That's a good pickup. I spent fifty five bucks on him, and I think the next highest was like seventeen or something. But it's okay. Uh, someone else spent eighty one on him, so you're good. That's true. It does make me feel better. So uh, <laughs> silver lining, Scott. Silver lining. That's linings. right. That's right. All right, now we need to have the fun part of the podcast, Game of Thrones. Anybody that hasn't watched episode one yet, well, A, get your shit together. Um, it's been 24 <laughs> hours. And B, you might want to listen to the rest of this later. But uh, it's not going to go super deep. We're going to talk kind of some fun stuff about it. But what were your overall thoughts of the first episode? Because like we kind of talked before the show, there was nothing crazy, crazy, but it set up a ton of things. Uh, I like the reuniting scenes those were obviously so good (laughs) right uh emotionally charged to say the least so uh those were uh good to see but i i like in the first 15 seconds brand says something along the lines of we don't have time for this all this bad shit is happening and then all they do is screw around the entire episode like nothing real happens so uh you know and, and uh so that was kind of my overarching thought was like, a, you know, you said there's no time and then you made time for everything. So um, I don't know. It's not good. It's it's not it's not not boating good for team living right now. Yeah, so team we'll living is looking team living is looking very rough. We had um, we, we had uh, John get to ride his dragon. Finally, I'm going to say his because I think we already know where this is going. Well, um, his, second his- time he's ridden the dragon. Hey, Oh, it looked like you might have wrote it again until that other dragons were staring at him up there. By the yeah, I saw was, someone made a comment like, I'm not calling him dad. So <laughs> That's awesome. And I, <laughs> I saw some meme that says like, uh, like you try to get it up with that staring at you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was good. You know, John reunited with Arya. I was actually looking forward to that one. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch of Gendry and Arya. I wonder if they're going to bro down. That that yeah. could be a good one, but uh, yeah. Other than that, you're right. There was it was more just kind of like everyone getting to kind of reacquaint themselves. Uh, the North getting pissed off that the Targaryens were in town. And, yeah, Sansa uh, was an asshole to everyone. 
So oh, she she's she's going to be the Cersei of the North. Like oh, she's going to be man. no no not not in a way where she's going to like ruin everyone's life, but she's going to be the bitch. Like right. she's going to be like she's going to remind people of what's supposed to be right and wrong type thing. Um, yeah, I respect yeah. it to an extent. I respect it, but yeah, she was rough. Well, she's been burned so many times. You can't. You can hardly blame her. So I was. Yeah, from one of the worst episodes ever is when her she got married to to yeah. Ramsey. That was rough to watch. Um, but the best episode as the replays have been happening when um Ramsey got his face eaten alive or yeah. got killed and she had this little smirk on her face. I'm like, God, that's a bad bad woman right there. <laughs> <laughs> like that is a cold but like you said, she's had so much happen to her. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if there's someone that deserves some peace, it's Sansa for sure. Um, what's your thoughts at the very end of the episode, like Tormund and the guys, they're in uh they see I can't I've always had blue eyes. That was one of like my wife and I literally rewound it because we were laughing so hard to make sure that's what he really <laughs> said. He's got blue eyes. I've always had blue eyes. <laughs> it's like holy shit. But when they um they lit the 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 master the Lord on fire and it had all the arms and legs and stuff, is that symbol supposed to represent anything? Do you know? You've read the books. Well, uh, I the the symbol I don't think represents much. It's just what they they do. I mean, we've seen that in a bunch of other episodes. Like you saw, it's really a children of the forest symbol uh, because yeah, okay. before they make the Night King, you can see it in the rocks that they they they've made that. So um, it's re- it's really just an old symbol. It's kind of just like a you know, it, it's like a, a Zoro Z, but for the Night King. You know, okay. That that's that's what that is. But um, if you, it's funny if you go back and watch episode one of the series, and then watch this episode, the parallels are just insane. Okay. Uh, someone made this big Reddit post. I saw a couple of them before I read the Reddit post, but um, just the parallels are nuts. Just you know, even the you know the the queen going down the king's road is kind of like Robert Baratheon coming in. Uh, just all the stuff from even the way that you know Jamie shows up where he's in all the gold and he uh, flips his helmet off and you see all the blonde hair to where he's hiding himself in this episode, flips the hood off and his hair is pretty much brown at this point. So uh, there's just so many parallels. You know, there's meetings in the crypt just like there was in the first one. Um, you know, John gives Arya the sword. There's just so much. It's it's almost. It, you know, I'm sure they did it on purpose, but it's um, it, you kind of have to dig to see a little bit of it. But there are a ton of parallels. That's a really good point. Cause I didn't think about it. And then the second you said episode one, and it all dawned on me. That's when Tyrion and all the Lannisters come and visit with Ned. Right. And, yeah, it totally makes sense now when you mentioned. I mean, it. even Tyrion. You know, his yep. first scene was with, uh, you know, the uh, the, uh, the in the brothel, yeah. and then you see Braun in the brothel with, yeah, with, with three, three women. women. Yeah, so uh, that pox line was also pretty good. So. Oh, yeah. Wh- which one? Which, which one? one was that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. Um, when when Arya's with Gendry and she shows him a drawing, I couldn't figure out what she wanted him to make. Do you have any idea what she was showing him? I know it's a um, weapon of some sort, but I couldn't figure it out. I, I yeah I I didn't get a real good look at it either. It looked like uh, a shooting something, you know, yeah. something that detaches. So I'm not sure uh, what it is. I think it might be something for the dragon, like a you know, kind of like they have, uh, like they had when they shot 
uh, Drogon last season. Okay, so yeah. uh, I think it's, you know, a scorpion, something like that. So, okay. Like you said, we saw Jamie come at the very end. That's like the last thing you see is Jamie staring at Bran. Let's just kind of have some fun here. I know you've probably done this on other shows, but I've done it with Modica and a lot of other guys. Like we, there's a lot of us Game of Thrones freaks out there. Um, and I just don't remember all the names and stuff. I'm better than the Welsh. No one's as bad as him. But um, <laughs> like you, you and and a lot of these guys know way more than me. And can correct me on certain things. But let's have some fun with this. Arya, we know she's the, she's going to use the many faces throughout the next five episodes, most likely. How do you think? She, or let's see, who do you think's faces she uses to do some of the most important killing she does? If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um... I've, heard diff- I've heard different philosophies. I want to hear yours. Um, that is a good question. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about the faces because I mean, we've seen in the commercial, like, I don't know that she necessarily needs the faces. Well, she doesn't anymore. need to anymore, but I've heard stuff like this, like whole ideas. She either has little fingers or Jamie's face and kills Cersei. Um, I've I like that, things, but you know, I think things like that, I think the poetic end is Jamie has to kill Cersei. So, or um, one of the two. Right. Yeah, she might kill Tyrion. So, yeah. um, I, I, I could see something like that happen because she is fairly cold. So, but I don't I, like that's not something I've really thought of. So, I don't know that I have a really good answer. I'm just thinking they they did so much to build that character up. It'd be a shame not to use it now because when she whenever she's used it before was amazing. Like when she um, killed the phrase, that was right. one of the best scenes ever. Like it was amazing. Um. It was, and I kind of think that was a lot of the point of um, that stuff. I think, you know, in the book, there's probably going to be an expanse, tons of expansion on that, you know, and um, to be honest, that might be the reason it's taking so long is uh, there's going to be more and more of that. But I think now that she's at the wall and it's kind of the great war between the living and the dead, I don't know that she needs that much. If they wrap that up quick, and then there is the war between the Golden Company and, you know, what's left of the army uh, in the north. Then I could see her doing way more stuff then. But I kind of feel like the majority of this is going to end up being uh, the living versus the dead. So, yeah, in episode three is the living versus the dead war, essentially. So that gives us three episodes afterwards. Do you like what? I think this is a broad question because there's so many major characters, but who do you think is going to be some of the bigger surprise kills this season? Oh, man. See, uh, we did this. I think most people die. Yeah. I think because, I mean, George R. R. Martin kind of gets off on killing characters and, you know, you're ending the whole thing here. So I think that a lot of people die. I think Danny's going to die. I think uh, John's going to die. Uh, I think he's going to leave some of the scholars. You know, I think Barry's is going to stay alive. I think Sam is going to stay alive because Sam is basically George R. R. Martin. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So, he basically is. So I think that like the the really smart people are going to be left alive, mainly because they're not the people fighting in the war. So I think those guys are going to be left alive. But I think most of the the warriors and the fighters are probably going to croak. So uh, I would say the majority of people in the show are going to die this year. When the North fights the dead, do you think we see a dead Ned Stark and other people come back? Well, no, because dead Stark, like beheaded people, I don't think are coming back. So, like, I kind of was thinking about this a little bit earlier about maybe some of the, uh, you know, maybe we see some of those, uh, the the guys that were in Winterfell with Theon, 
because okay. we never saw what happened to them after they left. We just know that Ruse killed them. So I maybe fed him to the dogs. I don't know. Uh, but they could be in there. I don't think there's many characters outside of the wildlings uh, and people like that that we're going to see. I, there's going to be somebody. Yeah, that, that's re- what I'm wondering. And, and, Who's it going to be? And there might be like a cameo, you know, like we saw Noah Syndergaard in yeah. there for uh, he was a Lannister army guy that got burned up by the dragon. Like we're going to see some someone famous. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but I read that um, uh, Dennis and Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia were the guys. Amazing. Well, they were in the boat with um, um, Grey Worm when they were going to attack Casterly Rock, but they had the mask on. That was Dennis and and, uh, Charlie because, you know, the producer of Game of Thrones also produced uh, Always Sunny for so long. So, oh, wow. Interesting. Um, do you think Tormund or Jamie gets along with Brianna? Ooh, I, I think maybe Jamie does. I don't think Tormund has uh, a really good shot as he is, uh, you know, I, I mean, she knows that, that he likes her, but she, yeah. the, the, the feeling is not mutual. I want to make so. big babies with her big monstrous babies. <laughs> um, does, does the hound kill the mountain? Yep. Yeah, that, that, one, that one has to happen, right? Just yeah. has to. That's too good. Um, like I said, I could ask you a million questions, but I won't keep you all day. So <laughs> let's just keep let's just wrap it up with this. Who sits on the throne when it's all said and done? Uh, I don't think anyone sits on the throne. I think the throne is done. I think it's some type of a council. You know, I don't think it's democracy. I don't think they go to voting, you know, or anything like that. But I think it's some type of council uh moving forward. So uh, I, I think that, you know, the small council works better anyway. Uh, I think they're going to kind of realize that, you know, we just fought the dead to keep the living. Why would we put one person in charge of all of the living? That's stupid. So uh, let's go ahead and have uh, some type of a council. And I think that's probably what will happen. I dig it. All righty, Scott, this has been fun. I think we're going to have to talk Thrones again before it's all said and done. But I will... Uh... We'll see how it goes. I know you're a busy, busy man, but thanks for joining me. Why don't you again, before we wrap it up, I'll, I'll go to the bathroom. Why don't you let everybody know where, what you got going on and, and where they can find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Bogman Sports, at In This League Pod, at Is It the Welsh for all, all of our stuff over at In This League, where we, like I said, have baseball. The Welsh does a minor league baseball podcast. So if that's why you're here, uh, we got that stuff covered as well. Uh, we do football. I do an NFL draft podcast right now over there. We do basketball on FNTSY for a three-hour radio show on Saturday. We do NBA takeaways, which you can find you know, uh, as a regular podcast anywhere. Our radio show is also podcastable, so it doesn't have to be live. Um, and then we're on fan tracks where we're doing uh, you know, the Black Book Show with Pisa Pia. I do IDP show and college fantasy football, and I just had the ITL college fantasy football show come back too so if you're interested in any of that stuff please give it a listen we'd really appreciate it and if you're at a local scottsdale or phoenix area carl's jr you might run into scott bogman so that's uh, very yeah especially after a loss and remember you guys you you guys can venmo him money for his meals so it's okay go for it that's right at bogman so i'm a whore i have no problem giving that out so and that's why i like you so much um (laughs) all right everybody Bog, thanks for uh, joining me, man. Always a good, good time, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Thanks for having Everybody, me, Everybody, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 162 with Scott Bog. We're talking some fantasy baseball, some Carl's Jr., and more importantly, some Game of Thrones. Catch you guys later. Yeah.